All right, all right. What's up? What's up? Mr. Benjamin's ADD Experience live. I'm doing the live thing again. I didn't know if I was going to keep doing this, but I tried it out this week. Things seem to be flowing well. It is Friday, so let me just say on a Friday, I don't want to think too much about putting a lot of stuff together. So I'm just going to call it Freestyle Fridays. And we'll just go into whatever about whatever, still dealing with creativity, art design, and development as we do. Thank you for all for coming here. Thank you all for being a part of this. And thank you all for all your comments and everything. I do want to let you know, you know, I talked earlier on my Instagram and on my on my feed about putting together an ebook. That's definitely still coming. It's definitely still happening. Definitely working on it. I just came from my my office where I where I write and I was putting together the illustrations and a lot of the formatting. I didn't just want to bang out a regular old ebook that you get from like anywhere. I wanted to actually do this one a little more proper. So I got partly into it and it was like, you know what, this whole thing needs a reformat. It needs a an improvement. It needs it needs more. It was it wasn't just meant to be a marketing ploy. I actually wanted this to be a thing. So it became more of a thing. And I definitely have a series of these coming forth. So there's gonna be more of them after that. So I appreciate that. I've got a couple things I just want to go over and, you know, it's, it's, it's Friday, so feel free to send in questions, comments or anything. And I think what I'm going to do for the Fridays is answer any questions anybody has and refer to some of the things that were brought up in during the week. So I think Friday is a good time for that. Thoughtful Thursday is still happening the way that happens. You'll be able to just calm down and see what I'm doing there. But... In general, I'll, I'll be here knocking this thing out on Instagram. And maybe I should use a, no, no, I'll stick with this for now. Until my technology situation changes a bit, I'm gonna be just doing Instagram. I do wanna go into a format where I'm gonna be doing, doing multiple streams so you'll see me on YouTube or whatever. But for now, we'll just be hitting it up on Instagram. Paid in full, what's happening? But yeah. Freestyle Friday is not going to have too much of a topic, but I was just talking with Liberty Madison. She's a great Instagrammer. She's that tech gal. She does a lot of interesting things in tech and the real estate space out in Texas. And so I started, we started talking about tech and AI came up, right? And I realized that slowly but surely, I say slowly, it's only been like a couple months, right? I started, I've been using Bing for a while, and after Microsoft purchased Bing, they integrated their new chat GPT functionality into Bing. So now you've got, it's, we're talking about the majors here. We got Google, they have Bard. Chat GPT is the original OpenAI project. And now you've got Bing, which has its own version of chat GPT's information and how it does things. The interesting thing about Bing GPT, which is what I'm calling the new Bing AI browser, is that it can search through websites as if it were the Bing browser. Google's bar doesn't do that. Google won't really go to too many websites and like search things for you. It'll just say, hey, I can't access these websites or up-to-date information like that. It's, so we're starting to already see differences in how these platforms are used. But anyway, what I can do now is I can just say, like while I'm sitting down, I'm doing my thing, instead of typing a search in Google, getting three or four pages of search results, realizing that I don't have the right thing, 
you know, let's say I want to search for summertime jazz festival and it brings up a bunch of results about DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince and I don't, oh, the summertime song, right. Then I have to search again. It takes a lot of time. I started using Bing GPT and this is not an ad for them. It's just what's happening. So I started using Bing GPT, right? And when you search, I can just say, hey, what's the song with DJ Jazzy Jeff about summertime and this and that? And it'll take a couple seconds and they'll spit you out an answer. I don't have to go through websites and links. I don't have to go through their ads. And the thing is, it actually searches to give me the answer, not the product that whatever website had that information is trying to sell me, if that makes any sense. So you can just start conversationally having having questions answered by this thing. And it started to make me feel like one of the members of Star Trek on the Enterprise with the holodeck, where you can just kind of ask questions. Hey, show me this or that. Or, hey, can you list out the top 10 movies from the last year? Hey, can you show me the you know, most, most famous actors that have been in the MCU. And it's fascinating. It's just instant answers to questions. And that's only scratching the surface because at that point, it's just a glorified search. But when you start asking it interesting questions is when you start to see the power of it. So this is all just very interesting. And being GPT is, if you haven't played out with any, played out, played with any of these tools and really tried to stretch the imagination of what's possible, and even replacing your old search, you might get some, you might be in for some pleasant surprises. I'd like to actually know what you guys think about all these tools and technology. But yeah, that's, so that's what I've been up to. And that's, that's being GPT in a nutshell. If you want more on that, more in depth, I do talk about that in depth with my co-host Theo on show, the Show Versus Business podcast, which is something completely different. Go search for show versus business. I may put up some some snippets from that or some posts from that at some point. But that's crazy stuff. Shout out to Tiny Nightmare. Always always good to see you around, Aubrey. Keep doing your thing. Tiny Nightmare. Go check her out. So yeah, what else has been going on this week? Gosh, there's so much AI news. I don't I don't want to become like an AI show, but it's really a big change. Crypto was a big change. People didn't see a lot of the effects from that, but it really changed the landscape of things in terms of finance, technology, how we share and store information. And AI is another one of these big changes. And these are coming pretty much back to back. So what we're seeing now is a continual resurgence of these, not resurgence, but a continual flow of these new technologies. And it's leaving all, all of us in a weird place. And that's why as a creator, you know, it tends to get a little stressful. It gets stressful for everybody, but creators it's hard to keep up in a, in, a, in a scene like this where everything is changing and moving and you're just trying to build something and you don't have any proper boundaries. You don't know what to do. Should I be on TikTok? Should I be posting short? Should I you know, really be spending my time doing long form content? There's so many questions that creators have and a lot of it gets lost in the shuffle. And instead of creating what we should, we end up just jumping back into, well, hey, maybe I'll just do some simple stuff or, you know, hey, I'm just going to go paint in my garage and not talk to anybody online, which is fine too. But don't do that because, you know, you got overwhelmed. Figure out a way to deal with overwhelm. And if you want to know about being stressed, 
check out yesterday's podcast where I spoke all about being stressed and how to keep from stressing yourself out in this new era. So that's that for now. As always, if you have any questions, please be sure to comment. I will double back around to a lot of your questions and and answer them, address them, or at least think about them and tell you about that. So that's that. Speaking of questions, Emily, Emily Simmons Art. If you go check out her page, she's got a lot of nice art up there. I've known her for several years now in the Long Beach, LA kind of art scene. Ran into her at an art fair in Bixby Park and kind of became friends since then. So I'm glad that I met her, glad that I know her. And she actually has made me question a lot of things. And yesterday she asked about about my post when I was saying, don't be stressed. I made the comment that you shouldn't you shouldn't take a lot of these things to heart. You shouldn't really get too invested in what people are saying, what people are doing, because the way our media landscape is, it's just a it's just a projection, a you know, somebody's just putting information out there. They're not really how should I say this? People's expressions are not necessarily at you, about you, against you. And therefore, you shouldn't take them as such. And I'm being careful with my use of words here because of the question that Emily asked or the statement she said. She said, just, you know, she she was saying, well, she's to deal with stress. She's been learning not to care about certain things. And that's a very that's a decent strategy. You know, learn to let things go, learn to. I really don't, I don't want to use the words not care, but learn to separate yourself from the expectation of a certain result. Learn to separate yourself from the outcome, whether it be good or bad. If you can enjoy life in the moment as it is, as you are, as things are, with a good or bad outcome, with limited expectations on how things are, quote unquote, supposed to be, or how, or having this expectation of how things are good if something happens or bad if something happens, then you're in a, then you're in a better place. So I take, I, I take precautions not to use the word care. Like I don't want to say I don't care about something. That's just a personal way I frame it. But when I think of care, and someone says, "Well, you know, I don't care what that person thinks," you know. I, it starts to put me in a place where I feel I don't care about people. And I know that's not how Emily thinks. It's just, you'll notice that I try not to use that word, like I don't care about or I don't care for. It's a it's a way of framing things in my head where instead of not caring about something, I try to frame it as I have no expectation of something going one way or another way. I just live as best as I can and do what I can and create how I can, especially with creations. When, whenever you create something and put something out there, you will not be able to comprehend all of the types of feedback, results, responses that you get. So it's best to be pleasantly surprised by whatever happens and work towards an unconditional happiness. And a lot of people hear the term unconditional happiness. What do you mean by that? 
working towards a way where your happiness isn't contingent or conditional based on what happens, basically what I just said before. If you're only hap- happy if you're you're married or if you're only happy if you you know have a certain amount of money in your bank account, if you're only happy if your kid calls you every week, if you're only happy when these certain conditions are met, then that is conditional happiness. If you're unconditionally happy or you unconditionally love somebody or unconditionally like something or you unconditionally create, you're unconditionally building something, then there are no conditions on it. It's not, well, if this is the case, then I'm a creator or if this is the case, then I'm that. You're just that way, unconditional. It's a hard place to get to, but you can get closer to it. And that's what I was getting at. So thank you very much, Emily, for that. Definitely. What people separating yourself from what other people are thinking, doing, feeling, and doing it in such a way that you're not separating yourself from those people, but just a separation from how you're interpreting those results, how you're interpreting the response of the world, how you're interpreting what's happening. You've got to be able to pull yourself back from that and let the winds of life flow, let the waters of life flow. Don't be bothered by the the weather. It's going to be the weather. Don't be bothered by the flow of the ocean. It's just going to be the ocean. So that's that. Thank you very much for that comment. And by the way, if you don't want to be shouted out at all, then don't comment. Because Or let me know, because I might just talk about the certain discussion that we had in the comment section. I may just talk about that in the podcast. Anyway, well, let's see. What's another one? Got a... Oh, a special shout out to Fern the Camper. She's always uh, posting good bits of information out there. Also, Skinny Beats GF. That's a Skinny Beats gluten-free. I am not a gluten-free individual, but I like a lot of the stuff that she posts. It's about, you know, cutting a lot of, finding better ways to food without a lot of the, the gluten going on. I, I recently pulled back on some of my carbs, so thanks to her for continually posting and doing her thing. We work together as, as as writers, so I just wanted to shout out her blog and everything. Keep doing your thing. All right. So that's Bing, that's that. Oh, I also got another question. Somebody asked me what my degree was in, in in school. I majored in computer information systems for my undergrad, and I also had a master's degree in, in computer science and engineering. So Florida a University and HBCU in Tallahassee, Florida, that's where I got my computer information systems degree, which is basically about computers as an information system, moving information around that leads into the IT fields, that leads into you know, flow charting large information systems and, and developing them, making sure that information, whether or not it's you know, software development or not, making sure that your computerized information systems are optimized and working as properly as they could be. So that falls under IT, computer project management, and a couple other fields that you may be able to apply to it. And yes, programming as well. But that was the undergrad. As far as my grad, graduate degree, it's computer computer science and engineering was the was degree with the focus on software engineering. So building large-scale systems, building an engineering software, how do I do that? How does that get done? Who do you need to work with, tools, and et cetera, et cetera. 
very, very fun program. It wasn't a fun experience all the time, but I did like what I was learning in Michigan State. Very cool stuff. So the question was asked, do I actually use my degree or have I used my degree? Because I'm not, I seem to be an artist to creative to a lot of people. And that's true. Yeah, so I use my degree in a lot of ways. First and foremost, I was for 13 years, I developed video games for, for a variety of companies professionally. Games for the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, you know, Xbox 360, the Wii. I was using, so I used my computer science degree for, for 13 straight years. And then I still use it in the way I think, the way I, the way I build things, the way I go about my life but I'm no longer in the video game industry proper. I decided I'd done my time and say done my time like I was a prisoner or something. I did my time in the video game industry, had fun with it, and then I wanted to move on to other things. Shout out to Liberty, Liberty Madison, who I shouted out earlier, actually, talking about being in Bing GPT, as I call it. I don't know if you use any of the AI tools like that. If you do, I'd like to be, I'm curious as to how everybody is using AI or these or these new AI tools kind of on the on a regular basis not just like to play around but actually starting to integrate it into their lives very curious about that a lot of my game developer friends speaking of which are very concerned about what's going on in this field what's going on with all these advancements copyright laws outsourcing in fact i just read an article from i can't remember where the article's from but china is actually having problems with outsourcing now because they're no longer as they're no longer able to rely on as much money coming in because China used to be is one of the places where you get a lot of your outsourcing needs met and now it's like well I don't need to outsource to China I can outsource to ChatGPT or I can outsource to Midjourney or Dali and if you think about the video game industry when you have all these VFX artists, they're working on, quote unquote, the, the important stuff, right? You know, your character models, your, you know, your vehicles, your opening intro shots. And this is a lot of hard work. But if you think about, let's say, I don't know, you guys have seen the Avengers, of course, in game. There is a there's a big final scene or a big scene towards the end where there's a lot of mountains and dirt and people are running around. There's no way that before you would pay somebody to say, hey, I need you to do the dirt on the ground. Just just make some dirt. And when people run over the dirt, make the dirt look like it's kicking up. It's something that's important, but no one really cares about. So what they would do is just outsource that to China because you don't want your SCAD developer, your guy coming out of graphic design school that you paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to get in the company. You don't want him working on floating dirt. So... You just outsource that to somebody in, let's see, you know, a variety of countries. I, I won't name them here, but China was one of those places. So now somebody figured out, hey, I could I could take a programmer, have him spend half a day, and he can just, you know, make a little program that creates all this dirt, goes into Mid Journey or goes into Dolly or whatever system, pulls up some images and starts creating these things these assets that nobody really cares about, and I don't have to worry about outsourcing it. I can just have Midjourney do it. So that's happening on the high end of like these big AAA companies, and they would spend a lot of money outsourcing the 
I don't want to say unimportant, but not as front facing as a lot of the work that they were, they do in house. They would outsource that. So now China and all these other countries are cut out a lot of the a lot out of a lot of that money, and that's for the big AAA studios. Small studios, very small studios, have a different problem that's probably more more relevant. What's up, programmer Black? A lot of these smaller companies have have their own problems where you're dealing with say five to ten people, you know, two marketers, a designer, two programmers maybe, and you know, three artists, if you can get rid of an artist and two, you know, two artists and one programmer, you may have saved your company. If you're only like five to 10 people, you may have saved your company, you know, half of its budget right there. And in fact, if you talk about a producer and a copywriter and a marketing guy and all that, and you're using chat GPT and stuff, you can kick that guy out too. So you saved a huge amount of money and when I say save, it's not like you're money grubbing. This is the only way for a lot of these companies to stay alive right now. They have to do this. This is their this is their way to keep their projects going. So so I know how it feels on the high end. And I know how it feels on the low end, both of which I've worked at the high end. I worked for Sony Santa Monica, the God of the God of War company. I did not work on the God of War project. That is why you don't hear me talking about God of War a lot. I was working on a secret something over there, but we can't talk about that. Sony Santa Monica and Rockstar Games, those were two very large-scale companies that I worked for. So I know it from that end. And also, I've done a lot of independent projects, a lot of smaller projects with, you know, Huawei, some very minor studios doing a little consulting work here and there. And yeah, it sucks to say, but if you have the option of not getting your project funded versus, you know, taking a month and you figuring out how to get AI to do a lot of this work that you would have to pay for or do yourself or try to outsource, you're kind of going to do it. So this isn't theoretical stuff. It's already happening. And I don't want to say jobs are getting lost, but people that had these jobs have to find something else to do now. One of my friends, he's actually out there, you know, just getting into the vibe of learning how to market and brand himself. And he finds himself bouncing from company to company and just kind of doing this little, hey, you can talk to me and I'll tell you about how to build your system, your game, your your software, float, whatever. And I'm like, man, this is this is good for you. And he's just trying to stay out one step ahead of ChatGPT because I've used ChatGPT to to code up some some really complex Excel formulas. I was like, you know what? I could go to Fiverr and try this out in Excel and how would you make this happen? And can I make an Excel spreadsheet that really calculates? And if you've ever done any crazy Excel programming, you know what I'm talking about, getting into weird macros and, you know, formulas that reference other formulas that are far too complex to to just type in at once. You have to write them out like on a whiteboard or something to really figure out what you're doing. Yeah. I called on chat GPT. I was like, hey, I need a I need an Excel function that does this, this, and this. I need it to recalculate and give me a projection. And of that projection, I need that data to go to something else. And it's like, oh, sure. What you're going to want to do is start laying out the data. And next thing you know, I had a spreadsheet. I spent two days working on a spreadsheet, not because I needed the spreadsheet, but because I was so fascinated by what ChatGPT was doing. 
and I'm just a hobbyist. I kind of wonder what all these, what people whose jobs, livelihoods, you know, and their market viability, for those people, they're, they've got a lot more on the line than I do. I was just being curious. So it's kind of crazy out there and I don't know an industry that's not going to be touched. So it's, it's very, very, very interesting. And quite honestly, it's one of the reasons why I'm doing more of this podcasting, marketing, branding stuff. A few years ago, I realized that of all the different things that I could be doing with my creativity, it didn't matter if no one cared. And what do people care about now? What's the number one factor in, in terms of if I go to you or if I go to another guy? And a lot of times it comes down to brand because our technology, our access to it is far, far ahead of what we actually need or what we think we understand. So basically it's like, if I'm shopping, do I get my, do I get my oranges from Sprouts? Do I get my oranges from Publix? Do I get my oranges from Ralph's, Vons, Food for Less, Whole Foods, whatever? At some point, it starts to become a branding thing where it's like, you know what? I like these guys better. And your concept of best starts to go out the window. And it's just what you're familiar with, what you've been branded, what you associated with, etc. So that's why I'm out here branding myself. And I, I should probably work on doing that branding, that sales marketing branding book also. I got a, little e- a lot of little ebooks and thought pieces I want to put together. So... You'll see that in a year, but in the meantime, Jot Booking is coming out at some point. So, uh, Liberty, you said you use ChatGPT every day, or AI every day. I shouldn't say ChatGPT. I wasn't sure if that's what you're responding to. But how do you use it? I like to actually hear how people are are using it. I know a lot of concept artists or producers are using AI as as a way to develop concept art. It's like how would this look if I did X, Y, and Z? And it's much easier to do it with AI. I'm trying to think of some interesting cases where I've seen AI be used. A lot of financial people are using it to, like if you take a financial document, or a, a what do you call those, the quarterly reports, the yearly reports. These things are huge documents of just a bunch of numbers and data and a bunch of jargon. The companies try to hide things and try to highlight certain things. You can actually feed these documents into ChatGPT or into an AI system and say, hey, based on the the document I just gave you, what's the likelihood that this company is going to be here in two years? Or, hey, what's what's the probability of the stock going up to this price? Or do you expect this company, based on this stock report, do you expect this company to, you know, be developing this type of technology again or whatever? You could ask it that, and it'll go through and do it for you. And it does a surprisingly competent job of it. I won't say it does a great job because a lot of times with with data like that, it can get things incorrect. It can do what they call hallucinate, where it it thinks it sees something, but it's just looking at what other people said and makes up an an answer that's not correct. But uh, Liberty says, I use it to respond to emails summarizing reports. Oh, there we go. Uh, Emails and summarizing reports, or is that, I use it to respond to email summarizing reports. Either or, I suppose. Yeah, there's a lot of 
a lot of information that people get. I know recruiters are using it as well. Very strange times we're in. Oh, I should tell you a little story. I was in, at a lunch meeting with some friends, and we were just just some old industry friends talking old industry nonsense. And we sat down, there was five, six of us maybe, and we just started talking, reminiscing. We're all at different companies now. We're like, hey, how's it going? Have you heard of this guy? Oh, my company is looking for this, this, and this. Wow, I know, we're really hiring a lot of, a lot of programmers now. And they say, hey, have you heard of this guy? And you know, we're doing the, the network business kind of lunch thing. And I remember saying to my friend, it's like, hey, if you know anybody who's looking for you know, this type of person, you know, I, I do that as well, so make sure. And he's like, oh, did you talk to X company? And I'm like, yeah, I talked to them. He's like, oh, okay, hold on. You know, they haven't talked to me yet. Let me send them my information or let me send you, let me recommend you. So, you know, he recommended me. And then while we're talking, he gets a text back. He says, oh, okay, well now, you know, you're in the loop. And I'm like, I'm in the loop. I thought, you know, I'd been through that company's process and there was a lot of back and forth and, and it was just one of those connection things, right? But that wasn't the, that's not the key point that, that I got that recommendation. I started asking him about the company a little more. I'm like, well, how do you know them? And it's like, well, I know this company because we worked together in the past and I know this person from their HR and they know me from blah, blah, blah conference. And I was like, oh, okay, very cool. I was like, so do you know of this other person? And the other person I'm trying to put on, you know, very talented guy. And he's like, well, no, let me see him. And so I sent him the guy's information. And we're going back and forth. And there's another HR person. There's an actual AR person there at the lunch, too. And the person says, I've heard of that guy, but not too exciting. And I'm like trying to push this person. I'm like, man, this guy's, this guy's really good. You need to check him out. And while we're talking and going over this guy's, you know, resume on our, on our phones, right? She stops and says, well, have you seen this other person? And I was like, no, I, I don't know of that person, but I've heard of them. I, I, know who, I, I know who they are. I don't know them. And they're like, well, this person's got a Twitter following and this is what they talk about, blah, blah, blah. And, I'm, and all of a sudden the conversation derailed to a Twitter discussion. And I'm thinking to myself in real time, like, is my friend about to lose out on this job because this other person is popular on Twitter? And, you know, I jumped back in. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool and everything. But Twitter, but this guy has done this, this and this. I know him from there. Da, da, da. I'm not necessarily friends with the guy. I just know he's a very competent guy. So I'm like, like, if you wanted to get my professional opinion, that's the guy you go for this unknown guy with the resume and the series of accomplishments. They're like, oh, okay, sure. We got, we got that information. We just kept on eating and everything. By the end of the lunch, we're all breaking up and we're, you know, paying the bill. We're walking out and everything. I see, I see one of my friends and the HR person talking and they're like, yeah, that person's really interesting. That and I'm like, oh, maybe they, maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to look into the guy I suggested who had all the who had all the accolades and they're like yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna go with the Twitter guy and I was like what they're going with the Twitter guy I was like why would you go with the Twitter guy I'm thinking this to myself I didn't say anything but 
that was when I realized the power of this branding and social media thing was where you're dealing in technology and you're assuming it's like carpentry, right? It's, it's just you get in there, you build it, you do it right. You do it fast, quickly, efficiently. You know how to look out for problems. It's a technology is a kind of boom, boom, boom kind of thing. And assuming you're not a terrible person to work for, technology people pretty much just get in and do that job and start working on it. You know, so when I heard them, the HR type, I'm calling them the HR types, doing all right, Papi Chulo. I don't think I've ever had a Papi Chulo on my on my broadcast here. But yeah, I I was listening to them talk and they went with the person who was good on Twitter. And I'm thinking to myself, if I was in if I was looking for a carpenter and I knew a very good carpenter who really knew his stuff, but then I looked over and there's this other carpenter who's doing TikToks. Would I build my house with the guy just because he has a good TikTok channel or would I go with the guy who I know has actual experience and can knock it out? Everything changed for me at the at that moment when I started realizing that, you know what? One, not everybody sees things the same way as you do. Two, given their recommendations or given their their criteria, that they understand, the more popular person wins. And this has been a this has been a thing in history for a while in terms of history of development and systems and people. So it's just really weird for me to see. It was really weird for me to see that happen in real time. And I started looking back and I noticed how many times I think I had been looked over because I didn't care enough about connecting with the people. I didn't care enough about presenting myself in certain ways. I didn't care enough about building relationships in the way that would benefit me. So in a way that would benefit me for this new connected world that we're into. And by this new connected world, I mean the one where everybody on the platform or everybody out there is their own little media company, where we're all speaking for ourselves and our interest. And we we're putting up a a front. We're putting up a, not a facade, we're making a presentation for how we want to be seen, how we want to be known and understood. And we have to do that along with the the actual technological side, the the grunt work, the the skeleton, the you know behind the scenes stuff that actually makes something happen. We do have to have a front facing media side. So that's that and I don't know. I didn't have any more on that. I don't know if we have. I don't know if we have any more topics to discuss today. As I said, Freestyle Friday. Just getting in here talking about whatever. And uh, R.I.P. to Harry Belafonte. You know, it was hard enough being a, a black actor in the past, but also one that maintained your their integrity. Harry Belafonte was one of those characters that just a strong individual, a lot of charisma, worth looking into. A lot of his speeches, his interviews, and things had good information out there. But he has passed away, sadly, so RIP to him. And let's see, what else happened this week? Yep, AI is doing its thing. I went over that. Somebody asked me if I used my degree. Yep, went over that. All right. Well, as I said, I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm going to try to keep doing these at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So at 6 p.m. around this time, I think I'm going to come in here and do the thing on weeknights. 
Saturday and Sunday probably won't see me, but I'll try to be here most days of the week for about a half hour coming in, talking about the current thing, keeping the presence up and getting to talk to you guys because can't trust the media to talk to each other, can't trust mainstream media, alternative media, a lot of these media outlets you can't really trust. If you really want to talk to somebody, get out there and start talking to them, make the conversation happen. Instagram, a lot of these formats, a lot of these companies aren't really built for us to communicate like this in a personable way. It's meant to sell stuff and advertise to people, but I'd like to use this technology as a way to connect with people. So get at me, leave comments, share, you know, the, you know, the whole routine. As always, you can catch me at mrbenja.com for more. Thanks for checking me out. Peace. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit mrbenja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.